This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. This is the Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. Yes, this is the Bonfire Podcast, here to talk about the important issues. This is Andrew Herzog, your host, here to talk about millionaires. All the rich people in this country. No, I'm not going to bitch about rich people, as many people seem to do nowadays, for whatever reason. You may harbor any sort of negative feelings towards rich people and think to yourself, oh, how dare they? What? How do you have all this money and you, you earned it by stupid means and I have to work my butt off and I have to do, you know, you, it's easy to, you know, throw your, your own issues and find your own boogeyman and always make it the rich guy. I'm here to say we should be thankful for the rich people. Yay! We are blessed to have the rich people. Here's why. I'm going to jump right into it here. I found this article on CNBC. It says, record number of millionaires living in the U.S. That caught my attention. I said, hell yeah. That's good. Great. That's what I like to hear. You mean there's more rich people in America? Seriously. That's good. That's a good thing. Not everybody seems to feel that way, but I will explain why they're wrong. Article says, despite volatile financial markets and slow economic growth, the U.S. added 300,000 new millionaires in 2015, bringing the total to a record 10.4 million millionaires, according to a new report. It is the number of American households with assets of at least a million dollars or more, not including their primary residence. Okay. So these are the people who live very comfortably. And... If you're making over a million dollars, you're worth, you know, you have assets over a million dollars. I think it's safe to say that you do more than just pay your bills. You have some discretionary income that you can spend. Here is why I am thankful for the rich people. Because I am the average Joe. I enjoy going to places like golf courses. (laughs) And I like to play golf. I'm terrible at it, but I like to play it. Because I work at a desk, and I have a normal job, and I'm busy, always exhausted, I don't have time to frequent the golf course as much as I would like. However, all those rich people who are making their money off of whether it's investments, they had a great idea, a great business, and they're running it, and it's doing very well, or they got a large inheritance, or they won the lottery, or they stole it, whatever. They have the money, and it seems they're spending it. That is good. Life is good for everyone when rich people spend their money. Here's why. When the rich people have a lot more downtime than I do, they're the ones who go to the golf course. They're the ones who pay those membership fees. They're the ones who spend all the money. 
keeping that golf course open. Because guess what? If the golf course's customers were nobody but people like me, they would be out of business. They'd say, wow, we see you once a month. No way in hell is that going to keep this whole place up and running. So we're going to have to shut down. Well, I thank the rich people for being the ones to show up there frequently and dishing out the money and saying, hey, we'll play golf here. We'll buy all this booze and these foods and snacks and keep coming back. And then they'll go to another golf course and lay the money on them because they have the free time and all this extra money to spend. They're the ones who are able to keep those places open, which then allows me, the average Joe, to wander in once a month, once every couple months and say, hey, I want a round. I want to feel like a million bucks for an afternoon, play on a nice golf course and have a good time. It's because of them I'm able to do that because they're the ones who are ultimately paying the bills of that golf course through their money. That's just like with anything else, whether it's money they have to spend, you know, they're paying their bills like utilities because they have multiple houses. They're paying multiple electricity bills. Well, they're not getting that for free. They're paying the electrical companies for that electricity. They're paying the energy companies. Those energy companies are taking the rich people's money, and then they're deciding, oh my gosh, we need to hire more people because more of these millionaires keep showing up. We can't keep up with demand. Hey, uh, we're going to hire this guy and that person over there. We're going to bring you all together. And guess what? You can now make a living because all these rich people are giving us money because they need so much more energy, but we need more supply. We need more people on the job. You're hired. That dude, Bob, let's call him, now has a living. He is now able to pay his bills. He is now able to hopefully save a little bit of money and then also be able to spend a little bit on whatever the hell he wants. It's circulatory. That's how it works. The rich people give us jobs. I'm not meaning necessarily they're the ones who open a big business and they hire all these people, although that does happen. I'm saying from the point of what we, what we, what the average person would maybe consider frivolous, to the rich people it's not. They'd say this is what we do every day. We unload barrels and wheelbarrows of cash at these golf courses, at these restaurants, on these private planes and these houses and paying these electri- electricity bills and paying the landscaping and paying for the, ca- the gas and all these cars. Well, the, all that junk comes from someone. Someone who's saying, hey, I'll sell it to you. They take the money and then they give it to their employees or they spend it themselves on something else and it keeps going round and round and round. That's how our system works. It's how free enterprise, the free market and capitalism, it's how it rolls. So when I see this article from CNBC that says, more millionaires than ever before, I say, great. I hear a lot of bad news about the economy. Good to see that more rich people are showing up because they're the ones who get the juices flowing. They hire all those new people, make them employees of their own, or they just buy a whole nother freaking house and they say, oh, because I feel like it. That's why I want a house. Bug off. Well, who the hell's going to clean that house? <laughs> They're not. I'll tell you that. They don't want to clean. They're going to want to go on vacation. They're going to want to go spend money elsewhere and do other crap. So they're going to hire some people to come into that house and clean it. <gasps> oh my gosh. Now those cleaners now have money. And then they're going to take that money and either pay their bills or they're going to go to Disney World or they're going to go out to eat, which then pays the bills of the waitress. And it does the travel agent and all this other crap. That's how it works.
So thank God for rich people. Now, <laughs> I will say, this only works as long as the rich people don't hoard it, you know? You don't just accumulate money for the sake of having it and then just making more. I feel like a lot of people, when they think of rich people, they picture them as that. Just investors who just throw more money, make more money, and it just keeps coming all together and there's just, you know, exploding their coffers and there's so much money everywhere and it's just disgusting. Mm. I'll bet some people do that, yes, but obviously... It's good for you to spend it on something. Of course, you can put some... Okay, you do need to have some for savings. Duh. And that should sit and not be touched, not be spent. It's an emergency. That's what savings are. That's what you do. For your discretionary income, you can say, hey, I'm going to go invest this for a year and see if I can't make more money off of it. Then I'll take it back and then I'm going to go spend it. Or then I'm going to go invest it in this. Or I'm going to go donate it to charity. Whatever. As long as you put it back in the system, through some means, the other people are other people are benefiting from it. So, thank you, rich people, for buying those planes, buying those extra houses, buying sports teams, opening up stadiums, working with the city, so that people like me can go to your stadiums to watch your teams. I'm giving you my money to watch your crap, and I want to. That's okay. That's my money. It's just a little bit of money. I pay my bills. I put aside money for savings, and then I spend money when I go out to eat or when I go to sports. Because then that helps the other people who are working at those venues, selling me that food. I'm paying. I'm helping pay that dude's wages by saying, hey, I'm here enjoying the game. Yes, you may be working, but part of the money that I paid for this ticket just to get in here is all coming into a pile, and it's helping you with your wages, and then you yourself can make a living yourself. Come on. Don't understand why people have problems with rich people. This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. The Bonfire. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. All right, you know, the other day I found this article, and I decided to share it with my good coworker and friend, Rachel Bonilla, who has decided to join us again today. Rachel, how are you doing? Hello, I'm good. How are you? You're good? Good. Well, this is the end of the day. We got, you know, a little bit of energy to go through this, but it's an interesting topic because Business Insider felt like sharing it with the world. And they say people from all over the world reveal the weird things about America that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. And the first one, it says turkey legs. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of turkey legs. What's there not to understand <laughs> yeah. about that? I mean, it's just the best part about going to any sort of fair, festival. That's I go for that. Yeah, you just walk around with the meat in your hand. You don't need a fork. Yeah. You don't need a plate. It's convenient. It's right there. You're done. And this idiot says, as a Canadian, the raptor-sized turkey legs sold at amusement parks are weird. Man, shut up. You're weird. What are you talking Canadian about? Canadian bacon is weird. It's round, okay? It is. No one trusts you. Canadians are lame. <laughs> lame, eh? 
And then <laughs> <laughs> they say number two, commercials for lawyers. Okay, I mean that's a little odd. I think it's it just goes to show you that you could sue for anything, and there's always someone you can call. Right, it's kind of scary. That's more, than more of the American culture. Yeah, that everybody is always looking for an opportunity to sue. So of course there are going to be ads everywhere on billboards and malls and telephone calls. I'm sure saying, "Hey, did you get hurt? You should call." I'm like, no. So I guess it's weird to a degree, but that's to be expected. I don't know that it's weird enough to make the list as number two. Yeah, number Let's two. That's, that. that's definitely different. <laughs> they have a problem. Number three, drive through everything. Um, that's just convenient. I don't know. It is extremely convenient. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it that it makes us kind of seem lazy, but at the same time, we're efficient. Very so, efficient. Take notes. And some of us have really fast metabolism, so I don't <laughs> need to walk around every day. If I want to sit on my butt and go through the drive-thru, I want to do that. Oh, boo-hoo, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> drive-thru, everything is not weird. It is genius. <laughs> they also say the size of roads and parking lots. Well, it's... I don't know what kind of roads and parking lots they are going to, but I find parking to be a really big hassle in Dallas, and parking lots are usually not that big, so I don't know where they were when they saw this. Any kind of parking, like in... You know, the metroplex, not the metroplex, I guess, like downtown and uptown areas of any major city. Pretty crazy. It's going to be packed. Yeah. But that's an American piece of culture. Everybody has their own car. That's a a rite of passage to have your own car. And then I think one guy here, he says he's in Europe or he visited. He's like, well, uh, we just don't have that many parking lots because we just walk everywhere. Well, (laughs) they either walk everywhere or they take public transportation. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't do that here in America. Unfortunately. We like our own cars. I mean, I've taken public transportation before and I've, I like walking, but I also like my truck. So. It is very convenient to have a car. It would be nice to have, um, like, I, I lived in New York for a little bit, and I loved the convenience of the subway. Mm. You know, I use yeah. Uber a lot, but I feel like that gets expensive. But Manhattan is very tight. Dallas is. right yeah, here Dallas is really is spread out. Different. You know, I think, doesn't Chicago have one? I'm sure mm-hmm. it does. Yeah. So for maybe cities like that, it makes more sense. Yeah. Number five, Americans are outdoor, outdoorsy. How is that weird? And I was surprised by this, honestly, because I feel like everyone outside of America looks at us and thinks we're fat and don't exercise. But mm-hmm. for them to, you know, they, they commented on like how we're always going on hikes and walks. I'm like, that just seems odd. I mean, I love that. I think that I don't think that's a weird thing. I think it's great. Exercise is amazing. And outdoors is, you know, you get a lot of benefits from going outdoors a lot. So I, I don't know why that would be weird. Maybe... It's what you said. They picture us as the fat people who sit inside all the time, so they think it's weird. Wait a minute. Y'all go outside? I don't know. Hmm. That, that's a good point. Maybe. That could be what they meant by that. Or the other one, like you said, that they just think it's weird to be outside. Uh, no. <laughs> I said in the last podcast just how beautiful it is to be outside and how we all need to do that more often. So Absolutely. take Nat Geo's advice and go outside. Come on. <laughs> it's refreshing. Commercials for prescription drugs. Yeah, okay. But that's normal for us. You're watching any kind of television You'll just see a commercial for prescription drugs. I love those commercials because if you actually listen to what they're saying, it's like side effects include growing extra limbs. And it's just like the most insane side effects. And then it's like two people walking through a field smiling. All and happy. Yeah, it's, nice it's actually music. pretty funny. And, uh, common side effects sometimes, death. And you're <laughs> like, whoa, wait, did I just hear that? Why are they smiling? <laughs> sometimes the side effects are far worse than what you're trying to cure. Like yeah. maybe if you have a rash it's and like it's like extreme dice. diarrhea, you're like, yeah. oh my God. That, <laughs> I, wow, I don't want that. I'll just stick with my rash. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's different. You know, oh, a surplus of flags. Okay. I love that. I think that makes That's us, fine. they seem very patriotic, and yeah. I love that about us, that they lo- other outsiders look at us and say, wow, you guys have a lot of flags. That's awesome. Well, well yeah, we enjoy and love our country because mm-hmm. of all the freedoms and all the prescription drugs and yeah. <laughs> drive throughs <laughs> that lawyers. we have. The lawyers. Come on, what's not to like? We get to go outside. That's why we like America. <laughs> Smiling at strangers. Okay, um, I guess that makes sense. It could be weird. 
But I, I, I mean, it, it, you never know what someone's going through. I think it's nice to smile at a so stranger. So you were born and raised in Florida. In Florida, yeah. And then how long did you live in New York? For two years. And okay. I think that they have a bad reputation. Everyone in New York isn't that mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you smile at people, they'll smile back. There are, of course, like anywhere, if you smile at someone, they'll think you're insane and just kind of avoid you. But See, but I've done that here in Texas. I was born and raised here. And you just pass by somebody on the street or in the car. I don't know if you... You don't do a creepy smile. Yeah, but if you, have you don't a, linger. A genuine, yeah, you don't linger. Exactly. If you just catch their eye and you, yeah. just, you don't leave, they'll be like, oh, okay. I'm following you home and I want to wear your skin. Yeah, exactly. Not that kind of smile. Yeah. yeah. But did you ever see that in Florida? Do you smile yeah. at people oh, there yeah. in the South? You smile, you talk to people, you're in the grocery line, you're oh, okay. hey, like, eh, where'd you get those? Then maybe it is a Southern thing, which is what I've heard. Yeah. A number of people who were like born and raised in New York came down here to Dallas and said, oh, it's... Southern hospitality all seems so it's, nice. It is I'm like, different. Right? It's more accepted and it's more widespread here than when I did live in New York. But it's it's not non-existent. Hmm. Interesting. I, just, I don't think it's weird though. I think it's a beautiful thing. Well, yeah, it can be <laughs> weird in today's culture because you're so used to looking at your phone and mm-hmm. everything seems so impersonal. Yeah, that's true. So then when you see someone smiling at you, you're like, "Whoa, what's going on?" But if you're from here, oh my god, he's looking at me. <laughs> yeah, it could be weird, but only to people who don't live here. <laughs> Paying tax at stores, okay, well, where else are you going to pay taxes? Yeah, I mean, I don't, obviously. I didn't understand this one, like, at all. Yeah, I didn't either. And when I, if anything, I would think that they would find that, I think it's tax-free week. They usually do that for back-to-school shopping. And stuff. Oh, yeah. I would think that would be the weird part. Yeah. Maybe just because we're so used to paying taxes, it's kind of like, yeah, take our money, it's fine. Well, this one guy complains saying, well, it says $5, but then it's five eighty-six when it's time to check out. You're like, well, okay, maybe... I, who's gonna put up on the menu? Oh, a burger five eighty six. No, you're not. You're just gonna round it. You four ninety nine. I don't know. It's yeah, just you just part of the know culture. It's, yeah, you know that there are certain things that you have to pay extra on the tax. Yeah, I don't know. That's just how we do things here. Yeah. <laughs> and then red solo cups. Okay, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty funny. I think that's about as American as you can get. Yeah, American I mean, college. it's just, yeah. Europeans, I don't. I doubt do that. Well. I mean, flip cup and beer pong is very fun if you're of age. So I'm yes. surprised that mm-hmm. they're bonfire so does not uh, approve people using red cups um, underage. <laughs> Solo cups <laughs> and then nothing grape flavored tastes like grapes. Yeah, I uh, guess that is weird, but it says artificial like grape. Yeah, though. grape is kind of like it's not enough of a flavor on its own, so you have to kind of amplify it. It's true, grapes are very watery. Yeah. Did you ever try those cotton candy grapes that were a big thing this season? Oh, okay. I heard about those, but. I don't enjoy cotton candy that much. Oh, I, was I love cotton candy. Hesitant to pick one up. And oh, eat I scream like a girl. Well, I am a girl, but I scream like a toddler, I guess, when I saw <laughs> them at the grocery store and they were delicious. Here but, in Dallas? Yeah, they had them here. Oh. But when I rinsed them, the flavor was gone. So mm. it was just a regular grape. So they coated it in something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. But I had to wash them. I mean, I ate a. Do they still have them? No, they, I, not that I've seen since I've been to the store last. So was it a quick fad? Or I was guess, it yeah, because I saw an article that like in New York they had them and that was like, oh, mm-hmm. cotton candy grapes. Like obviously who's not going to report on that? And then I happened to be at the grocery store the next week and saw them and I was like, all right, I like where this <laughs> ah, is going. I got to try these. Yeah. <laughs> see, I guess I didn't see them at mine. Otherwise, I would have, my curiosity would have gotten the best of me. And I would have said, sure, why not? I'll yeah. pick these up and take them home. But no, I never saw those. Yeah, nothing tastes like grape. Grape doesn't taste like anything. Yeah. It's like, oh, it tastes like water. Well, it is water. Yeah. What it's do you delicious. expect? <laughs> <laughs> Having random bottles of pills for every ache and pain. That's Again, good. It's a convenience thing. I do think, right. you know, our America is, uh, you know, they pretty dependent on pills and oh, yeah. quick fixes mm-hmm. as other cultures, you know, like, you know, Chinese medicine and other types of 
things to get through pain and other things like that are more prevalent. But I, I mean, I like, I just took Advil like two hours ago and my headache's gone, knock on wood. So I mean, I'm a fan. This one guy, what's he say? I don't know. He doesn't have a real name. He just says, mm-hmm. I live in Ecuador for years and I married an Ecuadorian. And yes, I could only ever buy a certain number of pills according to my immediate need. If I have a headache, I head to the ca- uh, corner pharmacy and buy two ibuprofen. Well, I mean, wouldn't you rather just always have as many as you want right there with you? You don't take the whole bottle. Yeah. You just say, look, I have <laughs> 50 here, but I'm only going to take two now. It's so that you don't have to get in the car or walk down to the pharmacy and say, hey, can I have some? And what if they said no? Then you're really screwed because now your headache's not going away. Mm-hmm. So Again, I think it's, it's just a convenience thing. Convenience. It's, just... it's planning ahead. Why is that weird to have a bottle of pills to say, oh, no, those are for there when I need them. Or if there's a breakdown in society and I can't get my medicine, <laughs> well, I'll just go to my closet. It's right there. I don't know. That seemed weird to me. Mm-hmm. Y'all are weird. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's not all just fast food. Wait, so they had, they had a problem that it wasn't all just fast food? Yeah, in this part, they someone had they had said that they were surprised that food is a general conversation amongst people. Oh yeah, which I mean, <laughs> that's a is, given. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. we're Americans. We like to eat, and I mean, I but just, are you telling me French don't like to eat too? I mean, French cuisine. I think we just have a wider variety because we, mm. you know, we take all these other cultures and we kind of like Chinese food here is not you know Chinese. Well, food. It's American. So we, it's... we have our spin on pretty much everything. So right, we're the mixing pot. Yeah. We have all the cultures. So obviously food is going to be a huge part of our, our daily lives. It is I mean, a, you got to eat to survive. So it is a beautiful not? conversation when you get to talk about food. That's true. You know, it's God's gift to the world. Food. Why don't you want to talk about it? <laughs> what do you want to talk about instead? The weather? I no. know, right? I'm not going to talk about the weather. <laughs> Give me my food. Oh, the sheer amount of food choices. Number 14. It's well, kind of the same thing. I, I don't know why they it, broke the, these into two separate ones. Plentiful amounts of food is weird. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if you're stuffing your face and you're overweight, but just the fact that we have loads of food, that's not weird. It's called being a prosperous nation Mm -hmm. and we're lucky, we're blessed, and that makes no sense to me. (laughs) These people are weird. Oh, the gaps between doors and public restrooms. Okay. Those are weird. (laughs) I've made eye contact quite a few times while in the woman's restroom through those little cracks in the door. And I I don't, maybe it's there to get rid of smells or I I really don't understand that either. One guy speculates it's to, you know, prevent people from like having sex and then you can just look inside. I don't know. But if you're going to be stupid enough to do that anyway, you don't care if someone's watching you. Yeah. I don't know. But it is weird. I remember back in you know middle school high school you're just kind of like hoping that hoping that nobody just takes a peek and you're just yeah. kinda like why are these here yeah why does the door just it's shut gotta, all the it's way be some like engineering thing that we just don't get and no one has come out and said this is why these creepy holes are there do, do you think they mean like the gaps under the door or more the ones on the side i think it's more the side because you can I'm see thinking through those the side. yeah yeah well the one you can underneath you can just easily stick your head under yeah. which would be weird but yeah. maybe that's what they're talking about too like, it's not a full door, it's half a door. I don't know. But yeah, I, I would agree with them this time, that having these kind of half-assed like doors. It 15 ones to, for us to agree on one. Yep, finally got <laughs> to the one. And then, okay, 16, it's like one we mentioned earlier, the amount of national pride. Okay. I love that. It's fine. It's not weird, it's a beautiful thing. It is. I appreciate it, especially on the 4th of July weekend, Memorial Day, mm-hmm. it's all, and Labor Day. It brings the whole country together, it's great. It really does. It's a good thing to have. And then 17, it is how big the country is. Do they mean they think it's weird? They've never thought about just how big it is. I yeah, don't get it. Th- I, I don't think that's weird. I think it's just that's how it is. I mean, how big? So I think Europe can fit half the United States, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, so it's it's a pretty massive country. 
but that's not weird. Yeah. That gives us the mountains. That gives us the beaches. It gives us canyons. It gives us uh, the plains. It's got everything. Variety. Variety. And then that means you can stay in your own country and go on vacation exactly. anywhere to these yeah. places. And a lot of, you can't do that in most countries. And then drive. You just jump, jump in the car, go from state to state. Real easy. You just stay on the road. You can see lots of stuff. Take a train from San Francisco to Dallas like I did. You could see a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's you know, a good point. It's a huge Variety. country. It's the spice of life. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> have I said that before here? <laughs> I think I have. Well, yeah. Thank you, Rachel, for joining. I'm You're glad welcome. We could go over this uh, fun little list from Business Insider. We always appreciate having you on. I always love being on. And when I find another interesting article or a movie review, maybe we can talk about that later. Love to be back. Sound good? All right. Well, everybody, take care, and we'll see you on the next side. This is The Bonfire On Demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stu. Is there any uh, anti-socialism, Bernie Sanders meme going around? What? Yeah, that's wrong. Against I, socialism? Against People socialism. socializing with each other? Is right. there a problem with that? I guess so, Stu. I guess uh, America has gotten to be such a bad place, you can't even socialize anymore. Mm-hmm. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network On Demand. The Bonfire. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. Very interesting article here from the New York Times. It says, Italian cuisine worth going to prison for. Okay. That caught my attention. I decided to click on it. And it says, people in Italy, in Milan, are paying money to go to prison to eat food. (laughs) That sounds great to me. Shoot, you can't think of a more interesting atmosphere than that. We've all been to fancy restaurants and uh, incredible backdrops and just atmospheres, and you think, wow, I've never seen something like this before. Well, how many of us, first of all, have been to prison? Second of all, have been in a prison to go eat food on a night out? That's it's very original. <laughs> that's, a, I, that's a good business plan. And seemingly, according to this article, it's doing very well. Um, I did notice... In this article here. Where is it? Let me see. Hmm. The Bolatti. Inside the Bolatti Penitentiary, a medium security prison with 1,100 inmates on the outskirts of Milan. The waiters, dishwashers, and cooks have been convicted of homicide, armed robbery, drug trafficking, and other crimes. Okay. My only problem with that would be the people with homicide. Okay. You committed homicide, you killed someone, and you're in prison. I'm not too keen on having you serve me my food. Because there's every chance that you don't care about killing people. That's why you're there in the first place. So what's to stop you from poisoning my food just for kicks and giggles? That's what I'd be worried about. So I would maybe personally have more oversight. I'd say, well, let's let the petty criminals be the waiters. And then that's it. Maybe, I don't know, some other petty crime. Some other minor offense. But homicide? That's a pretty big deal. I don't want you anywhere near my food, buddy. I don't want to be anywhere near you. You obviously belong in prison for homicide. Not manslaughter. Homicide. Homicide is you chose to kill someone. You knew what you were doing. So, it's possible you would know exactly what you're doing when you poison my sorbet. So, excuse me if I don't show up to your Italian prison restaurant. 
Now, the idea behind this is saying they're saying we want to let's say renovate. We want to give a new life to these <laughs> criminals. We want to reform them. That's the word. We want to give them life skills so that when they get out of prison, they can go back into society and be useful, productive people. Okay, I like that idea. If you're in prison, I'm not a fan of you just sitting on your ass over there on the couch, watching TV, getting your outdoor time, sitting in your cell, getting some reading done, and maybe even taking some classes. I'm like, okay, I'm not paying for this moron for all that stuff, okay? If you're in prison, there is a reason for it. So, you could do what some states have done and make them the highway patrol. (laughs) Go clean up the highway. Pick up garbage. That's what you should do. That's something. You're cleaning up the area. Obviously, you keep a close eye on them. You do what you got to do so they don't run away or cause an accident on the highway. But cleaning up freeways, picking up trash, that needs to be done. Nobody wants to do it, so make the inmates do it. If you want to reform them, that's why people suggest, oh, give them classes. Okay. Maybe for some of them, they go through some sort of not background check, but something to say, hey, maybe this guy is serious about himself. He made this mistake, and he knows it was wrong, and he's only in prison here for six months or a year. I don't know. However, the minimum sentence is. He means business. So we can trust him with the class. We know it'll be money well spent. He'll take it seriously, and when he gets out, there's every chance he'll get back to being a normal person. Okay, great, because classes aren't for everyone. There are people who want to go to prison because their lives are so miserable, or they just don't care about justice and so homicide that's what they do but this idea the new york times it's saying here was a a new initiative in this italian prison and they decided to i believe it says here they hired a chef okay so this the chef on all the people cooking the food are not inmates they brought in you know uh talented chefs not felons and said all right would you like to be a cook here? Would you like to work for us? And it makes money. Absolutely. People show up and say, yeah, I'll pay this. And it's just like any other kind of fancy-ish restaurant. It makes money. The inmates can make money. Like the waiters, they're the ones who say, let me show you to your table. Oh, here, we have a lovely sorbet tonight. And you can compliment it with this beautiful salad here. Whatever. They can make a little bit of money. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. But it's only, I think, for the res- <laughs> the respectable inmates. I use that term loosely. But I, I like that basic, basic concept here. Trying to reform them, give them something productive to do. Trying to give them to form some good habits. And show them, here's how you're supposed to act in society. So now when you get out in X amount of time, maybe you can step your foot in the door on a real restaurant out here in the Italian countryside. And now ease your way back into society. So the chefs, normal people cooking the food. I believe they said they're bringing in, you know, maybe local students or security guards to escort the visitors from outside the prison into the prison, um, you know, kitchen here. Then you're getting the inmates to just be the waiters and maybe the uh, hmm, the head waiter <laughs> who just shows you to your table. Whatever. Overall, I liked the article. I think it's a good idea. I'm not, like I said, keen on having some homicidal person serving me my food. So if you cut them out, okay. I think I'd go visit the the prison just to check out the food and be in that atmosphere and learn more about it and say, okay, well, 
now that I'm here enjoying the food from a normal chef, how are, how are some ways that maybe I could help these inmates? Maybe I can show them, here's how to be a respectable person. Give them some tips. I used to be a waiter. I don't know. I like that. It's just a very, eh, I wouldn't say warm concept, but I certainly don't want prisoners just bumming around all day. Give them something to do. And this particular joint over in Milan decided to have prison food time. So maybe one day I'll go visit it. Who knows? Now, I don't want to go to prison, but I will go there to check out the food. Who knows? The Bonfire, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton. I was thinking about how it would be fun to have a Freedom Hut mascot. Um, and at least that was my excuse yesterday for when I found myself downtown in Manhattan, in this one stretch of Manhattan where there's like a couple of puppy stores. Now, I know, this is where everyone goes, don't go to a puppy store, it's puppy mills, and you should adopt. And uh, Yeah, I wasn't doing it. I just was looking at it, okay? I'm not part of the problem if I just look, all right? Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. This is The Bonfire, on demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. A very important final segment here on The Bonfire Podcast. The importance of dressing like a man. (laughs) I mean, geez, the number of 20-something-year-olds, 30-year-olds, even 40-year-olds wearing graphic tees from when they were in high school, cartoon characters on their shirts, really flashy socks and shoes, and it's just gaudy. I mean, it sticks out like a sore thumb. To me, that screams high school. That screams middle school. That's what you do when you're a child. You just crave attention, so you just wear the most outlandish stuff to make a point. And the point is, hey, look at me! Now, to each his own. That's all I'm going to say. For me, personally, I prefer class. And it's the eternal debate. Class versus swag. I am not a fan of swag. No. Swag, no. Not stuff we all get. But it's... I don't know how to define it. It's you're you're trying to be cool, you're trying to be a G, and you're trying to be like the bad boy, I guess, you know. Not not really. That's that's a child, that's a teenager. If you're in your 20s and older for the rest of your life, you should have class. That is what you should shoot for. Not swag, but class. I believe and I I'm sure a number of you have seen this meme. It's a class is for men, swag is for boys. I think that hits the nail right on the head. Am I the one who wants to go buy... I mean, I have some Bermuda shorts. Some of them are teal. I have a pair of red ones, I'm sure. And bright blue, like electric blue. Okay. But there isn't just this god-awful pattern on it. I don't have t-shirts that just have Simpsons on it and it's South Park and... Star Wars, I mean, I like Star Wars, but I just don't want to wear graphic tees anymore. I don't want to have all this junk on my shirt. It's just, no, have a solid colored shirt. Have a polo, have a collared shirt, have a Henley, have a button-down, something. 
And don't just walk around like a bro with a wife beater either, okay? Wife beaters are undershirts or workout shirts. But to just kind of, you know, be hanging out with them, that's, I think, very childish. But like I said, that's just my opinion. I don't know. So to each his own. I don't think it can be under understated. I look around Hollywood. I look around... Hmm, I use this term with a bit of caution politics i look around the world my daily world and i look on tv and then the news and i look okay what is this guy wearing because that tells you a lot about that person what their shoes are how many watches rings and bracelets and necklaces they have on at the same time or none at all you know it's style it's fashion everyone can have their own way to express themselves I believe that being a man, being a mature adult, is to not have swag. It's to have class. So wear slacks, wear your jeans, have some respectable shorts, have some Sperry's, good old boat shoes, dress shoes, tennis shoes, fine. You know, multiple belts, button downs, Henleys, collared t-shirts, polos. Graphicless tees, sweaters, coats, suits, ties, the list goes on and on. And of course, you can't just buy all that crap and just throw it all together, because then you just look like an idiot. You'd say, you don't have swag and you don't have class, you're just an idiot. You have to know how to put it all together. And that takes time, it takes years to acquire the wardrobe. I don't, I'm not saying anybody should just dole out thousands of dollars to get some decent clothes. I'm certainly not saying go to Walmart either and buy yourself 50 bucks worth and say, well, I'm done. (laughs) No. Take the time to learn what is class, what is respectable, what is mature, and acquire it over your adult life. And I don't know, maybe people will, will respect you and say, hey, he's well put together. He seems to know what looks good and what doesn't make him look like an idiot. That's all I'm saying. So the bonfire message, have class, not swag. Boom! That's all I have to say about that. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Bonfire Podcast. This is uh, this was a fun one. I liked it. Just got to rant a little bit, obviously. That does happen to me occasionally. Most of the time, I keep my mouth shut and think and listen more. But on occasion, I'll open my mouth and spit, spit the truth. Now, you can find the Bonfire Productions... Online, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, the main website, bonfirethoughts.com, for all of our writings and our musings on everything apolitical. And that, my friends, wraps up the Bonfire Podcast. Talk to y'all next week. This is the Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network.